Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. Today's episode is brought to you by Wise, the account that helps you manage your money around the world, which is huge for travelers. I've been a customer and a fan for 10 years. The Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, and they do it all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This service has been so critical for me in my life as a traveler, as a nomad, as somebody living abroad, and you can join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account can help you out on the road at wise.com slash travel. That's wise, W-I-S-E dot com slash travel, or download the app. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. The natural next thing when you have local radio stations in Denmark and, uh, and, uh, and a small newspaper is to have some cattle in Nicaragua. <laughs> That's the obvious next thing, Jason. Uh, oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was the exact thing I was thinking. <laughs> You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire. That's what we do here. If you're new to the community, welcome. If you're a, a longtime listener, welcome back. And I've got an exciting show for you today. We touch on a lot of topics. First of all, one question that came up, does travel make you more creative? What do you think? Does travel make you more creative? Hmm. I mean, I can tell you that for me, there's definitely been times where I feel more creative on the road. Maybe it's the change of scene. Maybe it's just the the body being in motion. I'm not sure. What are your thoughts? I know that's one of the many questions that comes up in today's interview. And there's another theme that uh, I've been noticing lately, this idea of being an organic nomad, becoming nomadic sort of organically. You didn't plan it, but then all of a sudden you just kind of turn in to this <laughs> multi-year traveler who just, you're not even traveling anymore. You're just living on the road. That's exactly what happened to me when I started traveling. I, I'm not nomadic now, but I was for a, over a decade and I had no idea when I, I mean, if you told me when I started, I was going to be nomadic for that long, it would have been, it wouldn't have ma even made sense in my brain. Cause I didn't even know that was a thing you could do. And uh, maybe you're hearing that for the first time. Maybe you're like, Whoa, Hey, hold on. I can just live and travel and, and never have a home. That sounds awesome. Some people think that's crazy. <laughs> I, uh, I loved that life. I had that life for a while. And I'm I'm digging being settled right now too. This is um a different chapter in life for me and I'm I'm digging that as well cuz I had my my time and I never know maybe maybe I'll have it again. I might have it again if I get the urge uh with my family. I have a couple kids uh for those of you that may be new to the show. Uh but what was interesting is uh my guest today, he also had kids and he's he's a bit older now his kids are grown they moved out of the house and a bit of an empty nester and he decided to take off and do a podcast around the world and that's what he's doing so i, I loved the topics we we touched on and i think they're applicable and beneficial and inspirational to you no matter what age you are and i know you're gonna love this interview something else came up that i wanted to discuss with you it surprised me, and I was wondering if it was true for myself when when Paula, my guest today, mentioned this. The fact that he feels like he may be closer to his kids, his loved ones, than he was when they were all living together, which I thought was really interesting because I had never really thought about 
that. I mean, I always just kind of, I think it's easy to generalize and assume, hey, well, when you travel, it's harder to keep maintain relationships and you're not seeing people on a regular basis. So things are just different. But he brought up a good point that they're just in touch more because he's traveling. And you know, reflecting on this, it's, I'd have to say it's true for me sometimes with certain people in certain parts of that relationship. It's a different kind of bond. Certainly, you can't go out to eat together in person and hang out and nothing beats hanging out in person. But if you are able to connect more, then I don't know, there might be a a different kind of closeness there that you might not get at home. It's It's just an interesting question. I don't know if that's true for you or not, but it just got me thinking. So there was a lot of stuff that got me thinking in this interview, and I'm excited to share it with you now. Let's slip and slide into it, and please enjoy my conversation with the Radio Vagabond, and I will see you on the other side, my friend. Welcome to the party. We're getting the party going today. I'm here with Bond, Radio <laughs> Vagabond, <laughs> Palabo from the Radio Vagabond podcast, and you can learn more about his work at theradiovagabond.com. He's doing a travel podcast from every country in the world, at least that's what the tagline says. I'm assuming that's still true. Pala, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. And I was just waiting for you to say those words. Welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so glad to so glad to finally be on your show. Oh, man, it's an honor. And uh, we've talked about doing this for so long. And I, I have to say, it's totally my fault that we haven't done it yet. Well, you were in Oslo at one point, but then it was like a... It was, it was like a very brief, yeah, like a twelve-hour window or something, and then it, it just wasn't going to work out. So, and then no, we met, and, in, and you being the f- the family man that you are now, you're, you're very. <laughs> that's the thing, man. It's uh, the yeah, time I know, is. I know what it was like. It's a little limited. Oh yeah, do you have kids or? Yeah, but they're they're all. It's much easier now. They're twenty, uh, twenty-three and twenty-five, so okay. it's much much easier now. So yeah. S- so you were in the thick of it at one time. You know what where I'm at right now. I got a three and a half oh, year yeah. old and a oh yeah a, a sixteen month old at the time of this recording. So um, yeah, it's busy days but wonderful days. I, I wanted to ask you because you're home right now. You're from Denmark, right? I am. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, kind of home. I'm I'm staying sometimes with my daughter, sometimes with my best friend, and uh, yeah. So it's it varies. Right, because you're a vagabond. Exactly. What brought you back there right now? Well, uh, I was uh, at WTM in London, uh, the World Travel Market, uh, and um, it's something I, I want to do every year. And it's so close to Denmark, and you can get cheap flights here. So uh, I decided to uh, jump to Denmark, uh, and also uh, a ton of people in in my family uh, family are uh, having birthdays in in November. So um, it just uh, including myself. So I just want to spend some time with uh, friends and family and uh, celebrate a couple of birthdays before moving on. It is nice to dip your toes back into your home country, right? When you're, because you are truly nomadic. Like you said, you're not living anywhere. I always wonder what is the first thing you do when you get home? Like everybody has their sort of quirks, I think, if they're out of their home country for a while, they might run to get like the burrito at their favorite burrito place or like, you know, eat certain foods or see certain people or like what is the, yeah, what is your sort of hitting the ground running? Like, oh, when I get back, I'm going to gobble up. <laughs> this or do this thing oh oh well um, there is the danish rye bread which is something that's difficult to get uh, sometimes when you're in the u.s they try to make it but it's never quite right the way we do it uh, and then do the open face sandwiches uh, with the the remoulade Remolade, uh, which is kind of a, a yellow uh, mayonnaise type thing that's very unique for Denmark, um, and and just the open face sandwich with nice rye bread. That's that's really something I I miss and something I I, I crave once I get back to Denmark. So the first thing I do, I <laughs> I go to the supermarket and really stock up. So uh, when when I'm at my daughter's place uh, and I I I, I live on her, on her couch, uh, she she just knows that. Uh, 
the fridge is gonna get filled up with uh, with uh, a lot of uh, nice uh, traditional Danish rye bread and, <laughs> and, and 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 food. Yeah, yeah. If you're walking around Denmark and you see a guy salivating, looking like he's just coming off a crack cocaine high, um, that's just. Pala with a loaf of rye bread underneath. Yeah, his arm. <laughs> yeah and, and my fellow Danes, they're looking at me and said, "What's the fuss about?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, you seriously like, yeah, yeah, like in that moment, I because I can put myself there. It's like you know, the excitement is. It's amazing how excited you can get about like a piece of food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But sometimes I, I also when I get to the airport in, in Denmark and waiting for the uh, the suitcase, I there's always the Danish hot dog stand, and Danish hot dogs are different than the ones you get abroad. So I, I sometimes I, I get one of those as well. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to come over there and visit you when you're there at some point, and. Uh... I have to try some of these. You're not that far, you know. Um, what do your kids think about this whole nomadic existence? Did this come out of left field, or is this something that you talked about doing for a while? I, I don't even know how long you've been on the road. I've been on the road for around th three and a half years. And, three and a uh, half years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and once I, I I got the idea in 2013 and started traveling in in 16, and I could see that uh, when I got the idea that uh, in in the summer of 16 my youngest daughter would graduate and probably move out of the house, and uh, so I I thought, okay, that's my that's my time when I'm going to be able to start traveling because uh, I wanted to. Um, Most of all, I, I just wanted to live somewhere else, so I toyed with the idea of moving to Cape Town or somewhere else where I could um, live for a couple of years. And then um, I thought, well, uh, why why settle with one place when I can um, work uh, uh, and and do my radio production company from anywhere? Why settle with one place? So I started planning it. But in the beginning, Jason, it was just my idea for to travel for a year or two years or something like that. I called my plan in the beginning uh, around the world in 80 weeks, uh, which is uh, just something that sounded funny. Uh, but that's just a year and a half. And then I said, now it's going to be two years. And then now it's going to be four years. And now I feel like I've only just begun and I've been traveling three and a half uh, at this point. <laughs> So, wow. Yeah. Wow. How many countries have you been to so far? Do you have any idea? Uh, I've been to, uh, mm, well, when I started, I had, I think, 23 or 25 uh, UN nations, and now I'm up to 84, and before the end of the year, I'll be on 89. Uh, but who's counting? So, I mean, when did this turn into, like, <laughs> a quest to go to every country? Did this turn into a quest at it, some point? It 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 did. It, it wasn't at the beginning. In the beginning, it was just, um, nah, maybe I'll do 70 countries. It was That was sort of my plan, and... And actually, it was so funny that we we met. The only time we met in person was actually a week into my travel when we were at the uh, Tbex in Stockholm, and I was yeah. totally the new kid in, in the class uh, at Tbex. But uh, now I'm I'm one of the regulars, and actually, I I, I co-host and produce the uh, the Tbex podcast now uh, called Travel Matters. And um, but but I was totally the new kid uh, there, and uh, I had this detailed plan on where to go and a week later I, it was out the window and and since then i've never been back to it i had this really detailed plan with a nice trip around the world and that was it and now when i when you look at my my, my map where i've been so far it's like spaghetti on on the map it's it's all over the place and, and doesn't seem really to have any plan to it Yeah, I saw the map. You posted that because we're friends on Facebook. And uh, when you posted that map, I was like, that's just great. Like, that's great that you just put time into putting that together. And uh, it did look like a delicious plate of travel spaghetti, I guess. It did. It did. Yeah. Yeah. And just for those that are like, what is TBEX? It's a travel blogging conference. And that's where we met in person. And um, oh, yeah. In Stockholm. So when you decided to leave, you you made the decision. You had the idea. The idea is one thing. And then the reality of it's another. I mean... Certainly, you don't need your kids' permission or anything like that. But was this a situation where you, hey, that you guys all, you know, you raised them in this particular house and now you were selling everything? Was it like a big change like that? What all went on personally for you to make that transition? Because this is, this is the thing that a lot of people, I think, that are prepping to make a jump 
um, this is where I like to get some advice around this stuff because you've done it. And like you said, you, you didn't originally plan on going for three and a half years, but now you're just vagabonding it all over. So yeah, what was that whole process like for you? Like, did you have some big decisions to make? How did you handle them? Well, you, I didn't really answer your your question on what does my kids say to it, but um, uh, they it's it's so funny. We're I feel like we're closer now than we were before. Uh, we speak more now every day, uh, more now than when we lived in the same house, and and that's that's kind of weird uh, why it's like that. And 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 we're 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 super close, and they uh, they come to visit me. Um, my youngest daughter, she had a gap year when in the beginning of my journey, so she went traveling with me for uh, four months in in Asia. I I even I even took her to North Korea, uh, and actually, when she came back, she wanted to go to university to study law, but she changed her mind because that whole cultural experience of traveling in Asia made her so interested in, in in the different ways that people live so she she's now uh, studying anthropology in, in in university and yeah uh, and that came from that trip she changed her, her mind when 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 she came back uh, and and she's actually probably going to Chiang Mai again and we're meeting up again in January we're we're talking about that because she's really in love with Chiang Mai which is Really, the the digital nomad hotspot, and uh, I'm thinking about going to uh, to the nomad summit over there that uh, Johnny FD is hosting. My youngest daughter, she came. No, my oldest daughter, she came to Tokyo, and and we were together, the three of us. And and also when I was in Cape Town, uh, they they flew down and and visited me there. So uh, we speak a lot, we write a lot uh, on on a, on a Facebook chat, and and then we um, we just see each other and. When I see them, it's not like I've, I've uh, where have you been? Of, of course, it's nice to be back, to be able to sit across the table from them and, and have these deep conversations. But we can do that oh, yeah, with the different uh, possibilities there with, the, with the, you know, the internet. Yeah, how was that for you as a father to give an experience like that to your daughter, be able to share that with her, and then have that impact her so much that it, it sort of redefined the direction of her life? Well, it is, yeah. It it warms my heart, and uh, I they they both enjoy traveling a, a lot. My my oldest, she lived in London for a couple of years, uh, and uh, and and they they enjoy seeing the world. And uh, hopefully, if I can inspire them to do that, um, when I ask them how do they feel about it, they they say that they think it's cool, and I. I don't think it's something they just say. Uh, I, I I think they they they're serious that they, it's it's kind of cool what their old dad is doing. It's not probably the common thing for the middle aged Danish dads to no. to take off and no. know, live around the world. And it's so not I, people say, oh, <laughs> was it either that or buying a, a jaguar or a, a getting a, <laughs> a, a younger girlfriend? Uh, no, it, it was not a panic <laughs> thing. It was just uh, I want to live life to the fullest, and uh, uh, I don't want to wait and uh, until I retire. Uh, and I'm still able to to work. I I, I still do a lot of work, so uh, I'm. I am partly a tourist, uh, but I'm not on vacation. I, I I go out and see places, but I also work. Yeah, I mean, you can't really call it a trip because it's a lifestyle. I mean, this is your life and you're living it on the road. Leading up to that, I mean, had you traveled in this way before? I mean, you said you'd been to 20 plus countries in your previous travel life. Had you had any experience with this type of long term travel is this something that i mean i know you had the idea in 2013 but was this something you thought about like even earlier in your life but you had kids and you i mean what was your relationship to travel no. before all this no, it's, it's 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 kind of kind of funnier that i never did the the uh, gap year back trap back uh, packing uh, trip around the world when i was uh out of school, I went straight into my professional life, and um, uh, and I had fun doing that. I I was a trained graphic designer before I went into radio, uh, and and then I've been working with radio, which is also my hobby and still is something I enjoy doing. 
so I don't have, and then I got a family and a, a wife and kids, and I never did the long term. I did travel a lot, uh, especially around Europe. Coming from uh, a European country, it's it was easy for me to to see Europe. So I've been to a lot of Europe before, uh, but. Um, um, I never did the the the, the real extensive uh, long term travel. It was always shorter trips and um, away on conferences around uh, Europe and the U.S. Uh, but uh, yeah, did you sell everything? How committed were you when you first left? And what did you have to do? I mean, this goes back to the other question I asked: Is did you have to make like major? I know it's a major life change because you're bringing your life on the road. But outside of that, were there some things at home that you had to do that were major life changes, or did you kind of keep a place? Like, what did you? How did you handle that? Now, I had a, I had a house, and I I sold my house uh, when I when I made the the, the, the plan and the I, I made the decision. I had some stuff that I needed to fix with my old house, so um, in order for, for me to to get a decent price when I sold it, so I had I I spent some money and some time into uh, making the house better, and then I put it up for sale and managed to sell it at the price that I wanted. Um, was that scary? Like n- no, cutting that cord? No, not, not no. at all. No, you, you it, were right for you me. Were just it was ready. not. No, it was not. It, it was a nice place, but it was nothing. Uh, people. Some people said, "Why did Why didn't you rent it out so you can get it when you get back?" Said, no, for me, it's just a. It's just a house and. Uh, I didn't have that feeling to it. So I sold my house and then I sold all my furniture. I have a storage room, but it's only for my vinyl records uh, and my books uh, and a few personal items. Um, But all my furniture is gone. And uh, uh, no, that was, that wasn't, it was a a couple of months before when I could feel that my house, I I was still living in my house and was selling my furniture and uh, uh, it was getting more and more echo in my my living room. I had this out of... uh, out of comfort zone experience where I thought, what the hell am I doing? Is this <laughs> so a there was big a moment. mistake? Yeah, there was a moment <laughs> where I thought, oh, this is a big mistake. I don't want to. I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to be in my own couch, watch Netflix uh, in a fetal position. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere. What am I doing? So, but th- but then once I. I got on the on the bus out of my my city. Uh, it was because I also sold my car. Uh, it, I never looked back, and it was it's it's been exhilarating ever since. <laughs> exhilarating is a great word. I mean, that's we're gonna get into some of the things you've done on this trip for sure. I want to talk a little about your radio career. How long have you been working in radio? Oh, I'm I'm. I almost have a 35 years uh, anniversary in in January. I started in 85, so yeah, it's a long time ago. And uh, and um, in the beginning, it was just a hobby while I was uh, doing the the graphic design thing. Uh, but then it uh, took over more and more, and I co-founded a small radio station with a group of friends. Most of all, not be- because we wanted to start a business, but because we wanted to be able to make the kind of radio that we wanted to listen to and maybe our friends wanted to listen to. A very tiny local radio station. Uh, and, so be- and That's like how great things, the best things start, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like Simon Sinek when he says, start with why. Uh, uh, but that's what we did. And now, um, almost 30 years later, we, have, we run 17 radio stations and I'm still a co-owner. And uh, yeah, that's, wow. that's kind of fun. Uh, but um, uh, and and one of the co-founders, he's uh, he's the manager and and he runs the place. I don't have anything to do with it, but it's nice. It's a nice feeling to know that you uh, you 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 started something and and, and still in some way a part of a, something nice. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, I was going to say that sounds like a lot of work, but it sounds like you're not involved in that the operational part of it no not anymore. at all not at all but they're they're <laughs> they're, they're doing well and uh, and i see it sort of a, a as a as a as a nice investment for me now and we're going into different different things as well we have a weekly newspaper and uh, and then uh, the natural next thing when you have local radio stations in denmark and uh, and, uh, and a small newspaper is to have some cattle in nicaragua that's the obvious next thing, Jason. Uh, oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, that was the exact thing I was thinking. <laughs> and, and actually also a part of a, 
a couple of uh, hotels down there. So uh, yeah, it's you know it's 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 a funny thing to invest in, but it's a it's a nice thing. It's a it's a cattle company where we support the local farmers as well that we we invested in. So uh, we we have. Uh, I think out of that cattle company, we have what what's, is the equivalent of 300 cows in, in Nicaragua. And the, the cattle company, and, and since I have 10%, 30 of those cows are mine. The company uh, buys the, the, the calves and, and gives them to the local farmers. And then they uh, uh, take care of them and put them on grass and make sure that they are fed up. And, uh, and then they, they, the cattle company sells them and shares the profit 50-50 with the local farmers. So it's a, it's a, it's a thing where... We support the local farmers in Nicaragua and then at the same time make money on doing it. So I think it's a it's a nice thing. What do you love about audio? Oh, oh I can really go on for a long time. I feel that audio is the most visual medium of all because the pictures that you make uh, are your own. They're more vivid they're more more colorful than what you can get uh, when you look at a picture because that's a that's a one-to-one interpretation of, of what uh, what the thing is that you want people to see but here you, with audio you can really make uh, your own pictures it's kind of like when you when you read a book and then see the movie uh, you're not really happy with it because the pictures that you made in your mind uh, are different than the ones that you see. So I, uh, in my podcast, I really try to record on location with a lot of the local sounds uh, as I'm walking around in, in an area. So you get the local language in, in the background or maybe a mosque in Morocco on one uh, in the left side uh, or the scooters of Hanoi with the horns. And you get the feeling that you're there with me when you listen to it and very often with headphones when you listen to a podcast. So that's the way I try to do my, my podcast is uh, really to to get the the sound effects of a place into the storytelling and, and try to bring my listeners along. How has the project, the podcast project change your travel experiences i i imagine i know in my experience doing some podcasting on the road it's and just podcasting anywhere in general i mean i'm obviously a huge fan of the medium but i've gotten to have an education and conversations with people that it just it never would have happened probably because there was no sort of reason to have the conversation in the first place so it creates this this space to have a thoughtful conversation around travel or whatever it is like we're doing today and just to connect with so many people. And I know on the road that can really be amplified in a different way. I mean, you now have a great sort of excuse to engage with locals on a different level. I mean, how has that changed your travel experience for the better or for the worse? I mean, you can highlight some of the positives and negatives. Yeah. I, I, you, you took the words right out of my mouth because I really feel that bringing the microphone and having the podcast gives me an excuse to meet people that I, I'm not sure I would have met anyway. Uh, it, it gives me an excuse to call up people or write to people and say, uh, is there a chance that I can come talk to you uh, or uh, that you can take me uh, on a, on a visit to this and this and this. And, uh, I really feel that, and, and it doesn't have to be a podcast. It can be a blog. It can be any type of, uh, content where you, you, you get an excuse. So I really recommend that, uh, if people want to go travel, they try to document it in one way or the other because it, it, it gives me experiences that I, I wouldn't have had otherwise. So, uh, that's, that's one of the reasons I'm doing it. So I'm still enjoying doing it. It is a lot of work and, uh, and especially the way I do mine, I spend so much time editing. So, um, I could easily spend two, three full working days editing one 30 minute episode, which is crazy. And, uh, um, and so it's a, it's a lot of work, but I really enjoy doing it. And, and like I said, it, I, I went into radio and audio production when, because of, it was a hobby and it still is. Uh, so that's the reason I, I started my podcast. And, uh, it's kind of like when we started the radio station, it, it, it was, it was never, uh, 
a thing where I thought this is going to give me uh, money or opportunities, uh, but it's 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 giving me more of that now. That's just an added value to it. But I really enjoy doing it. Yeah, this came out of passion, and yeah, check out the podcast if uh, if this is resonating because as you can hear, Paula's a professional <laughs> at audio, and he also spends a lot of time putting his episodes together, and you do really get taken to a place you know this is an interview show and uh i try to do things on the road but i'm not on the road all the time like you are so uh you really do a wonderful job of just capturing these places and taking us along for the ride so it's a really really cool man congrats on all that i know it's a labor of love and a ton of work and a ton of hours and you can you can see that you know what what are some of the one or two sort of standout meetings you've had like people you've gotten to speak with that you never you know would have thought you would have had a chance to or that surprised you in some way uh, just through having this podcast while you're traveling oh there's been so many there's been so many from um when i was in um in in the gambia i uh, became good friends with the local security guard and they he took me for a drive around the area, and we and he's also in his free time. He's also doing radio, so we had this uh, common uh, bond there. And he's still he's still a good friend of mine, and and we communicate all the time uh, as well. Uh, there's also been um, the local butcher in uh, in Tishnit in uh, in Morocco that uh, became a good friend of mine, and uh, we also communicate from from time to time. And he invited me to his house. Uh, after I, I I sat down and, and interviewed him for the podcast, and uh, that's that's also a unique experience. Um, but there's been so many. There's been the um, the trans woman from uh, North Carolina that I uh, contacted because of the podcast because they had a a pride parade in the in in in. Yeah, in North Carolina, of all places, places, and uh, and and she invited me to uh, to the place, and uh, I had a, a chance to talk to her uh, as well through uh, through the podcast, and uh, that was a unique experience as well. So there's been so many uh, different experiences uh, where the uh, the podcast has really opened doors for me. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's uh, it's amazing too when you can get some lifelong friends out of it. Like I did a, I, I spontaneously, I didn't know I was going to do it, but I did a podcast when we went trekking in Nepal. It's called Trekking Nepal. And uh, we just became really tight with our guide. And I was just curious. So I started asking him questions and recording and we're still in touch to this day. He sent us pictures of his son who was recently born. We get to have a lifelong friend there that we hope to see soon. So it's, uh, it's a lovely thing that uh, can connect people in unexpected ways, for sure. All the work you're doing along the road, um, I'm just wondering if that took some getting used to. Uh, and then I, w- I do want to talk a little bit more about like some travel and some of your experiences uh, in, in a moment. But I wanted to get some tips on bringing your work with you. Because like you said, this is not just a trip where you're, you know, resting on your giant pension or something oh, and not at all. <laughs> uh, just traveling around you you got a business to run and i'm sure you have clients and different things so was that an adjustment for you in the beginning and how do you how do you advise that people kind of handle that yeah well that, my my uh, location independent work is different than most people i have not met anyone else that does what i do uh, when i'm in the nomad community uh, but it's 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 kind of there are some similarities to other businesses as well the challenging thing was me was not being able to do the work because uh, my core business especially when i started traveling was producing uh, radio commercials for agencies and, um, and and brands in Denmark. And I was able to do that anywhere. Obviously, I can come up with an idea and I can write a script. Uh, and then I can put the, I find the actors and I put them in the studio that I'm working with in Copenhagen. Uh, and I'm on Skype directing them. And then I get the recordings and do the editing and Voila, a finished radio commercial. Uh, here's an MP3. Boom. Yeah. And that's, Done. That's, that's, that's the easy part. But the challenging part that I did not expect would be so challenging was to still uh, keep my network afloat. Because I, I, 
I never really uh, went out and and seek up uh, clients and I, I never really called clients I never uh, went around knocking on doors uh, but I was in a lot of network groups in Denmark and uh, and being that I was top of mind and and once I started traveling I was sort of they forgot me you were, so, you were ghosts you yeah. disappeared so uh, and obviously also because I post so much about now I'm here in this exotic location and then this exotic and even though I felt like I I said it so many times I'm not I'm still working I'm not on vacation I did not close my company a lot of people they thought that I did so mm. uh, haven't accepted the unorthodox lifestyle. yeah exactly so after uh, a year or so i thought okay some the phone is not ringing so much as it used to the uh, uh, so i was uh, what to do here so i i made some changes and i i made more of uh, a presence uh, online and um, invested some money in some uh, some AdWords and some some Google and uh, did some more promotion for me there and, uh, and 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 really tried to do that and then I got more and more into into podcasting so uh, I would say now seventy uh, percent of my income comes from uh, producing podcasts for clients I did two seasons of uh, the Lego Technique podcast last year and uh, right now I'm I'm working on a, another uh, huge project uh, for them, so um, uh, that's um, that's my core business now is producing podcasts, and I do that for several different clients, uh, both uh, uh, Danish and and also international clients. So, but it's um, it's it's been an adjustment, and uh, the challenging part was uh, was keeping the network, uh, and I I wasn't aware before I started traveling that that would be so much of a challenge. Travel can always lead to unexpected things, right? I mean, you're passionate about podcasting. It's completely, I wouldn't say completely flipped your business, but kind of if you were doing minimal podcasts before, and now you're saying that's 70% of your business, but it's also something you love. I do find that some of the big fears around traveling can, can be, I mean, certainly if you're running a business or, or anything, it doesn't really, you don't have to be running a business. It can be really anything that you're afraid of letting go or losing or afraid that it will change. Now, uh, no one can say that you know the business wouldn't have decreased if you had stayed in Denmark and kept going to the networking events. One can never know, but you assume it it won't it wouldn't have because you would have maintained your relationships. But it sounds like that this also opened up a new avenue for your business that you wouldn't have considered. So I think that's I know that's empowering. Like if you're somebody listening to this and you're thinking about oh well, how is travel going to impact this or that or the other? Just trust that. I mean, at least in your, it sounds like your experience and my experience as well, it opens up these hidden doors, these new opportunities that might not have crossed your path. Before. I mean, listen, I wouldn't be talking into this microphone right now if I'd never traveled because I wouldn't, I never in a million years would have thought that being a nomad as I was back in the day was like a, like a valuable skill or, or even something anything anybody would be interested in that you could no. talk about. It wasn't even they a thing have, back then. Well, no, there weren't all these blogs and there weren't, uh, you know, podcasts and all this stuff. So it's, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, most people just told me, I was like, <laughs> when are you going to get a real job? You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> usually it was a negative thing. So, uh, hey, things uh, do have a way of working out. I think if you follow your heart, follow your curiosity, it's a uh, just kind of wanted to bring that up. So th thanks for sharing that. Um, let's talk about some of your experiences on the road. I know that you did the world's biggest bungee jump what was how tall was that what was that like and then that, we're going to play we're going to play a clip from that oh oh, oh you're going to hear me screaming no actually it was uh, in when i was in macau uh, it's it's very close to hong kong so i i went to macau and uh, out of uh, outside of my hotel room i could see the macau tower and um, and actually it was uh, the day after the U.S. election in in 2016, so I was sitting in my hotel room uh, watching that, and I thought, okay, now I might as well just jump off that tower. So I went to the tower, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, and 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 got up there and uh, and and yeah and then I did the the world's highest bungee jump. It's um, two hundred and thirty three meters. Um, how much is that in feet? You would know that, Jason. 
Uh, it's a lot. I mean, if you roughly times it by three, it's yeah. probably a little under 700. Yeah, yeah. So it's, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's insane. And I decided to do that uh, and, 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 and record the whole thing. So I put that out in my podcast. All right. Well, here's a clip of the man himself, Bond, Vagabond, jumping off the highest, world's tallest bungee jump, I guess. Yeah, yeah. When I came out to the area of the platform, I was placed in a special chair where I got the last equipment on. My feet were tied together and I could feel my heart starting to beat like crazy. Uh, this is so scary. One of the two guys in charge of my jump ties a small GoPro camera to my arm, but the whole thing was also filmed by three different cameras. He points at one of the cameras and holds up a sign and grins. The sign says, I need new underwear. In the video recording, I can see myself trying to laugh before I put on a very serious face. It was almost time. And with a safety line on my back, I take tiny steps out on the platform, out on the scaffold. Here, the long bungee cord is secured to the harness by assistant number two. The only thing I can remember thinking while I was waiting for him to finish is, I'm not doing this. I'm just not. How the hell did I end up here? Now I'm just half a meter from the edge and with 15 tiny steps I move further so my toes are just over the edge. I remember I'm scared falling down, even though that's technically the point of it all. Assistant number two has a tight grip in my harness and suddenly I feel a hand from the grinning guy from before. I'm still thinking I'm just not doing this and then I can feel his hand the human contact. I just want to hold on to this hand and never let go. I just wanted to give him a hug and make him say, don't worry, it was just a joke, you don't have to do this. But I know it's not gonna happen and that I can't hesitate and have second thoughts right now. I'm on the edge with my arms out to each side. I'm hyperventilating and thinking, this is it when they start the countdown. Here we go! Five, four, three, two, one, Wait a second, wait a second. What you're about to hear now is something that I'm not proud of. I didn't think that I was going to scream, but I did. I screamed like I've never screamed before. I screamed until there were no more air in my lungs. Then I took a deep breath and screamed some more, because I was still falling. That sounded insane. Yeah. <laughs> and people say, oh, you want to do it again? I said, nope, nope. I, I got the t-shirt, so no, I don't Once need to do it again. Once was enough. Yeah. Once was enough. <laughs> and whenever I see another, I, I think, yeah, well, I've done the highest, so I don't need to do that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm about to go to, uh, to Dubai, back to Dubai, and I'm, I'm hoping that I'll get the opportunity to, uh, to do the, uh, the skydive over, uh, over the palm. I, I like to do that, but yeah. I hate heights. <laughs> How crazy. I'm surprised that you actually took the leap. Um, and, but you can... I guess you can hear in your voice that you hate heights. <laughs> if you're reflecting back on the last three and a half years on the road and just gut reaction, what first comes into your head, what are like the one or two kind of things that really stand out as memorable as, and maybe they represent something bigger, but what, what just pops in your head? Uh, well, memorable. Well, I think the, the, the thing that gives me most from traveling is uh, is all the people that I meet around the world. Uh, that for me is is the best thing about traveling. Is uh, when I think of uh, anywhere in the world, there's uh, there's a good chance that I know somebody who's there, or somebody who lives there, or somebody who's been there that can that can give me an advice. So uh, uh, that's that's really. Um, 
I think, the coolest thing about traveling. Um, and then, obviously, there are um, a lot of places where I thought, okay, this was so great. I just want to go back here and I want to explore that some more. And people say that more you travel, the smaller the, world's get, uh, the world gets. But for me, it's the other way, that it gets bigger and bigger because... Uh, there's uh, there's always a corner that I didn't uh, visit and um, somewhere where I, I want to go back to. Yeah, it always comes down to the people, right? Like, don't. It's never a good idea to stress too much about seeing this site or that site because when you do look back, it's those interactions. Is there a culture that or a country that you visited that resonated with you in in a special way, in a way where either it felt like home or it felt like um something familiar i love my home country and i couldn't imagine living anywhere else once i stopped traveling but uh, the only place that i really could consider staying for good is uh, cape town uh, i have a thing with south africa and especially cape town and it's uh, one of my favorite places uh, in the world and I've been there twice, and uh, I, it's 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 a place that I will keep coming back to, and uh, every time stay a little bit longer than I do in in, in other places. Uh, I really enjoy it there. The nature, the people, the um, it's a modern city, and uh, it's it's cheaper than I'm what I'm used to in in Denmark. Uh, so yeah, and and for for Norwegians, it would be like um, a tenth of the price. Uh, <laughs> No, it's 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 really a cool place, and that's that's a place that I could see myself staying. But um, other places I, I I enjoy as well, and uh, want to go back to. What are some of the things that you've done to stretch your budget on uh, on this? long uh, journey <laughs> yeah uh, i've uh, i've done i've done a lot of couch surfing especially if i'm i'm doing a road trip um, i've done that a lot in the u.s uh, a lot of couch surfing and then i've done uh, quite a bit of house sitting as well i'm on trusted house sitters and i've uh, i've done i think eight house sits so far and uh, and it's it's a it's a good thing where you don't spend as much money and and you have a place to stay and especially when it's in my case that I I know that I'm going to be doing a lot of work uh, then just to have a place where I I can I can I can be and uh, have uh, some dogs to walk as a distraction I enjoy house sitting uh, and that's something that I I, I want to do some more but um, I also, sometimes I go on buses instead of flying. I did that a lot in Africa and uh, uh, from place to place. I, I did a long journey all over land because uh, flights are so expensive in Africa and, uh, um, and I want to stretch my budget. I also do a lot of hostels. And in the beginning of my journey, I thought, ah, I'm too old for hostels. It's just a bunch of 20-year-olds. And now I, I enjoy doing it, and I, I don't even mind staying in dorm rooms. And uh, it's, it's not only is it cheaper than uh, staying in, in your own place or having a hotel room, but uh, it's, a, it's a really cool way to, to make friends. I, I spent 10 days in San Diego recently where I made some really, really good friends that uh, I'm, I'm going to be uh, seeing a lot more of in the future, I'm sure. So these are some of the things that I do in order to, to stretch my budget. But um, then try not to go as much to restaurants, uh, cook your own food and stuff like that. I'm glad you brought up the hostel thing because I do think that can be like exactly what you said. Somebody that's how old are you? I am. I just turned 55. Can you believe it? No, you look 45 <laughs> years young. Um, yeah, I, I just think this is a this can be a common. I don't know if it's even a misconception because a lot of a lot of uh, hostels do have younger people, but there are all kinds of hostels out there. I think the hurdle is, well, that's one hurdle. It's like this idea of am I going to fit in? But then the other one is, yeah, like is it does it make sense for? for the experience I want to have. I mean, yeah, just speak to that a little bit more. Like, it sounds like you had the same sort of reservations about staying in hostels, but the reality of that was quite different. I mean, what would be your, your take on that for people that are traveling that are older and they, and they have the, those reservations themselves? I mean, what is, has been good about it? Well, um, 
I thought I thought okay if I'm staying in a hostel at least I want a private room but uh, yeah. now I and and it can be different from person to person no matter age because I know people who are very light sleepers and they say I I couldn't sleep in a dorm room with the people but I once, rock the earplugs. Once, yeah, sure. and once I sleep, I sleep. So they could have a freight train running over my head and I wouldn't even <laughs> notice. Uh, so it, for me, that's not a, a big issue. And uh, it's it's not. Uh, would I prefer to have my own uh, private space? Uh, yeah, obviously. But uh, it's something when uh, there's a... When there's a place you can put your uh, your your valuable th- stuff and and lock that away, and then uh, you, it's it's fine and it's fine. And uh, there there's al- also always a, a nice uh, uh, common area where you can uh, you can be uh, just hang out or be with your computer and do some work, and then start chatting with people. And um, yeah, it's. I wouldn't worry. I, I would. I would give it. I would give it a try. And uh, if if you're if you're over forty and you think that you're too old, think again and just try it out. And uh, I'm I'm often one of the oldest in the in the in the hostel, but not always uh, the oldest. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it can be done. <laughs> hey, it could be an advantage. You're like, hey, who's this old guy? He seems interesting. What's he doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, just doing a travel podcast in every country in the world. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Just just make sure cool. that you're not the... Uh, I, I heard, I think it was Adventures Kate that said uh, at, at, a, at a talk once, don't be the creepy old guy hitting on the young 20-year-olds. Uh, so right. <laughs> I'm not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. This ties in with my next question, which is loneliness. Do you get lonely out there on the road doing this? On your own? No, I don't. No, I don't. I for one because thing, you're I, that type of person, or because yeah, and and also because I, I enjoy my own company. I can easily be just myself. Uh, say when I'm house sitting, I'm it's often me and the pets, and I I see the people in the supermarket and and don't really see many people, and I'm fine with that. Uh, but I don't feel lonely. Also because of. Uh, 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 yeah, well, social media and uh, the the way that you're able to uh, to connect to people all the time and friends and family and uh, and and also uh, I am partly because of my podcast I I go out and meet people but also uh, I join uh, rotary meetings I join toastmasters meetings uh, different meetups uh, wherever I am and uh, try and go out and meet people I always. Um, when I get to a new city, I always uh, one of the first things I do is uh, check out is there a free walking tour here? So I do a little bit of sightseeing so I can get a sense of where I am. Uh, and and in that case, you also get to uh, get to meet people that you might hang out with uh, later. But uh, um, f- yeah, for me, I I I don't get lonely. I I don't uh, I don't feel it's a it's a problem. Uh, on the contrary, I'm, I meet so many different uh, people around the world, and uh, yeah, for, for me, it's not an issue. Yeah, those are great tips, I think, too, just getting plugged in to a community if you're looking for the free walking tours. Toastmasters is a, like a speaking, yeah, uh, international yeah. speaking club. And they're um, all over the place. They're all over the place. Okay, Rotary Club. I've never been. I've been to a Toastmasters. I've never been to a Rotary Club. Is no, that a I, similar? Thing? Yeah. Well, it's a it's a worldwide organization, and uh, I used to be a Rotary member uh, in in Denmark, and uh, and th- there's always uh, a way to uh, to to look for a club, and then if you write to uh, to them and say, I know that you, I can see on the website that you have a meeting next Thursday. Is it okay if I come join you? And and un- unless it's something uh, that uh, they're doing a, a, a yeah, kind of a, a special thing for the club only, uh, they they are always welcoming uh, people from all over the world to come and join them. And that's obviously something I try to do in countries where uh, they speak English. Uh, uh, I, I don't do it when I'm in Hungary, uh, because it's, uh, unless it's an international club, and there are also some of those. But uh, as far as I know, Toastmasters, that's always in English, uh, no matter where you are in the world. So um, it's, a, it's a cool thing uh, to join a Toastmasters meeting. Okay, and where are the 
What's the best place for people to find you? And I got one more question for you, but I'm assuming it's theradiovagabond.com. Should they just go there? Yeah. And uh, if they want to, if, if, if you want to listen to the podcast, it's search for the radio vagabond uh, and remember to have the, the, uh, the radio vagabond. Otherwise you get the Danish version. And uh, I don't think you want that unless you want to <laughs> practice your Danish. But then again, you why would you? The radio, <laughs> the vagabond. radio vagabond. It's funny. The, the, okay. Yeah. The radio vagabond. Yeah. There is no other. <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> that's great man i've i've loved this conversation um last thing and you can imagine that you're talking to your kids but this could be really anybody at any age what would you tell them about travel like what would you tell the person that i, I know your daughter's been with you on a four-month trip but for those that have the ability to 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 do so obviously that's a i mean that's a disclaimer that should go across this entire podcast right like but for those with the means and the passport and the ability to go what would be your advice about travel as a as a thing for me it it's it's something that makes me more creative and uh, it opens my senses and it teaches me a lot about the world that we're living in and uh, and uh, i feel that it's it's never too late to to learn something and uh, and and i feel these last three years of uh, of traveling and and having been to so many places uh, it's it's really it's it's taught me a lot and i know uh, i know a lot more about uh, different cultures and different people and uh, the different destinations that i knew before and uh, once I stopped traveling full time uh, in 10 15 years or so uh, I I will I will be a wizard playing a trivial pursuit that's uh, that's the thing that I'm 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 striving for uh, so I I would if if you're if you're considering doing it, it uh, make some adjustments and and find a way to get it uh, make it happen you don't necessarily have to 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 travel all the time but um I would really suggest that you you try to do it and then um, maybe uh, consider spending money uh, in a different way because when I stop traveling Jason I will never get the big house again I will always start uh, uh, I will always keep traveling in in some form or or another so I will I'll just get a, a small place uh, when I stop traveling so I don't put money into uh, into into bricks and of uh, having an, an expensive place to maintain uh, I will put my money into into more traveling because it's something that really gets into your blood and something that uh, I want to do uh, for the rest of my life I'm sure yeah there are a lot of aspects of it that, of course, can change your life back home as well, as you just mentioned, and uh, that you take with you forever. Man, thank you so much. And I'm glad we finally revealed the the big secret you've been holding, the facade but, that you're but, running but, with this whole Jason, Radio Vagabond thing. We're, we're not over yet. We, 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 we're we not. We will continue this conversation oh, over on true. the Radio Vagabond. That's true. I'm going over to your podcast next, so you guys have to check it out. We're, I'm going to get, I'm going to get on the other side of the mic. I'm a little, I'm a little scared now, but no, <laughs> I, I was going to say we, I think we revealed a big, a big secret here about this whole thing you're running with this radio vagabond. This is all just trivial pursuit training. It is. <laughs> that's all. That's all this is. You're you're waiting for that one epic match 10, yeah, 15 yeah. years from now. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be sure to not be involved in that game. I don't want to get crushed. Oh, I'm sure you'll do fine. Paola, thank you so much. And I uh, look forward to having our chat with you now over at the Radio Vagabond podcast. Check them out over there. And we'll uh, we'll be in touch. And I hope we can cross paths soon and have a proper skull yeah, you know, exactly. And, uh, in exactly. Person. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and and for for people who's who's like me listening to Zero uh, to Travel for a long time, uh, I bet you are curious about who is Jason really, and uh, when it comes down to it, how did he become that uh, travel junkie that he is? So that's what we're going to be uh, revealing over uh, on the Radio Vagabond. Oh boy! And I'll I will also be revealing that I am in Trivial Pursuit training as well. So <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. Yeah. There you have it. I want to thank my friend Paula for stopping by once again and go check out his podcast. I am going to be on it the, uh, the same day this publishes. Actually, we're publishing the same week. So if you guys want to hear 
us flip the script a little bit. He interviews me. I get to interview him. Um, you can check out his podcast, and he's got a ton of other great travel stuff there for you as well. So please enjoy that. And hey, thank you, my friend. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world all the time, things happening, but you took the time to be here today and hang out with me, and I so appreciate that. I cannot, I, I, always, I know I always bring it up. I'm sorry. I am really this grateful for this community. This is a community-powered show. I am here to serve you. So if you have any specific guests or topics you want me to cover, just send me an email. If you want to share your story, just say hi. Let me know what you're up to. Send me an email, jason at zerototravel.com. Love getting emails from listeners. Send me a picture of a sunset that you're watching. Send me I don't know. I like to get pictures too of people uh, listening to this podcast around the world. I just love to get emails and hear from listeners. So uh, reach out anytime and I read all of those emails. So thank you to everybody that's taken the time to write or leave a review. I do want to give a shout out here to one of you fine souls, beautiful souls in the Zero to Travel listening community. First, want to say a quick thank you once again to Tortuga Backpacks for supporting today's show. ZeroToTravel.com slash Tortuga that link will get you 10% off anything you order at Tortuga Backpack. So if you go through that link, just do your shopping. When you check out, that 10% discount is going to kick in just for you, my friend. And I talked about the day pack. I use the set out backpack all the time. These are backpacks I use when I'm not traveling too. I use them at home. You know, some of my backpacks, I've, I've gotten travel backpacks before where they're great for when you're out on the road, but then you come home and you don't really have much use for them. My hiking backpack, for example. But with the Tortuga bags, I use them all the time. It's not just when I'm traveling. Uh, They're in my rotation in in my daily life. So talk about value. I'm always trying to get value out of things I purchase. I don't like to bring a lot of things into my life. I like to save my money for experiences rather than things. So I like to get quality things And I like to get things that I can use regularly. And outside of uh, that, these are just awesome backpacks. So check them out. If you go to zerototravel.com slash Tortuga, you will go to a page that shows the gear that I recommend there. And if you do get anything, you get 10% off and you're also supporting this show because I'm an affiliate for them. So thank you so much for going there and checking out zerototravel.com slash Tortuga. And lastly, when you get your backpack, check out the state of South Dakota, TravelSouthDakota.com. It's the first time I've gotten to promote a destination on the show. So when they reached out, I was like, I hope this works out because I love talking travel and I love talking about and recommending places that I've enjoyed, that I've had a great time in, that I've been blown away by, that are fun to visit. And I know people that enjoy nature and good people and like a great road trip in America, they're going to love a trip through South Dakota. And that's why I was thrilled to bring them on the podcast and share with you. And I'm not asking you to like jump on a plane there right now or jump in your car and drive there. All you have to do is go to TravelSouthDakota.com and grab their free trip planning guide. And then you can see for yourself, hey, maybe this is a place I want to go see. You're going to be surprised at how much the state has to offer. I certainly was when I visited TravelSouthDakota.com. Thank you to them for supporting this show as well. See, we got you geared up there. You got your backpack. (laughs) You got a destination. You're off and running. All right. A shout out here. This one goes to Lauren, who said, Hey, Jason, hope you're well. I've recently found your podcast and been listening nonstop for the last three weeks. (laughs) Thanks, Lauren. Binge listening. There you go. Uh, She goes on to say, I've always had a want to travel ever since I was a kid. Sadly, I never had anyone to travel with and my parents were paranoid about me, a female traveling by myself. Two years ago, I started dating my boyfriend who loves to travel and is supportive about my crazy traveler self. We have visited six countries and seven states so far, Cuba being my favorite trip we've taken. I had my boyfriend listen to your podcast, uh, which led us to having a real conversation about traveling more and being more location independent. I never thought a podcast would help bring up the fact that we both were craving more travel and more enriching cultural experiences. We do have a dog we love and can't leave behind, but we are both currently looking for jobs that we could do on the road to give us more time to travel. Thank you for sharing all the stories and advice. I'm finally going to have the life I have always dreamed of and your podcast helped to make it possible. Happy travels and thank you again, Lauren. Wow. I mean, when I saw the subject line, it said, finally going to start our dream life. Yeah, I'm humbled. 
and honored to hear that the podcast helped facilitate a conversation between uh, you and your boyfriend and that you guys are starting to look at things through a different lens and uh, understanding, hey, we're going to embrace this love of travel and like figure this out. I love the enthusiasm. I love that you're going after it. And I could just feel uh, good vibes all through that email. So congratulations, Lauren. Thank you so much. And um, I just love to highlight people in this community who are either out there doing it or setting that intention to do it or uh, just, you know, maybe just trying to figure it out. It doesn't matter. We're all trying to figure things out together. And that's the beauty of having a community like this and understanding, hey, I'm going to share these stories here on the podcast. We're all going to get to benefit from these conversations, maybe change our perspectives, uh, maybe come up with new ideas, maybe new, maybe it's new places to go, or maybe it's a new way to live. It can be that extreme. In Lauren's case, that seems to be the case. So anyway, I know I just said case twice. Weird, huh? In Lauren's case, that seems to be the case. Anyway, <laughs> professional podcaster here. <laughs> Thank you so much for um, being part of this beautiful little corner of the podcast world. Sign up over at zerototravel.com if you want to keep in touch off the podcast. I'm always dishing things out to the email list there. You can hear about some exciting stuff coming up always if you're on the email list. So feel free to sign up there. I'll leave you with a quote. Should I pull one out of the quote drawer again? I have this drawer filled with uh, these old calendar. They have these daily quotes in this calendar, so I stuff some of the ones I like in this drawer. Let's see what I got here. I'm going to pull this out and make sure I don't reuse one I used before. Hold on. Okay, here we go. This one's from Chang Zhu. Your preciousness lies in your essence. It cannot be lost by anything that happens. There you go. Some food for thought. Have a nice day, evening, night whatever, wherever you are. You're the best. Take care. Chat soon. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.